Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar. I'm your host, Luke Velasca, of course, joined by my co-host, Kyle Taylor. We've got a fantastic lineup for you today. We just had Memorial Day. We're heading into June, the final quarter of Q, or the final month of Q2. And we've got a great lineup for you today. We've got uh, another great guest coming on the show later. We've got TikTok reactions, of course, at the end of the show. And we've got new unicorns in the freight tech universe. Uh, but first, Kyle, how was your how was your weekend? Did you do anything fun for the Memorial Day weekend? Drank a lot of wine. A lot Drink of wine. A significant amount of wine. That's going to dehydrate um, you. Yeah, it was out in, uh, in Napa. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Like, what kind of wine? Like, is it like, you know, a real dry, like, red wine you're having with a nice filet? Or is this kind of like more of like your sparkling, you know, summery dessert wines, a little more refreshing? Um, so, I have I've yes. drank a, <laughs> the most amount of Chardonnay that I've ever drank okay. just because we were in... Um, Sonoma Valley, that was a little, the, I guess the wineries that we went to were more known for that. And it's summertime. So it is summertime. We're, uh, it was, everything's refreshing and yep. white wines. So I'm a, normally a red guy, but this weekend it was yeah. a, a little bit, but not only that, I mean, we had Memorial Day, we got, uh, college baseballs back in the, mm-hmm. almost they're in the super regional. We got playoff hockey. That's right. We got everything kind of going on right now. now and it's now sometimes. you're from Florida is, is playoff hockey. Like, is that, you know, is that, is that a thing? Do you guys it's, watch it's, that it, down like, there? It contradicts itself, right? Like you know? why would Florida be a hockey state? But you yeah, just no chop off like, you know, a little coconut or something from one of the trees. Exactly. Well, actually hitting that around last week or the past two weeks, it was the first time. And I don't know, I think it was over 20 years that, two Florida teams played in the first round in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So you had the, uh, the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning all playing to you know, try to knock Tampa off their throne, which they were on last year's Stanley Cup champions. So it's a, it's a great, great time. You got Tampa Brady. You got the Stanley Cup finals. We got, I think, soccer won their Eastern. They don't, they don't care. They what don't, a time the to be alive. don't care. Time to be alive. And oh, it's phenomenal. Man. It's phenomenal. Crystal back behind the scenes here would probably smack you for saying that. But we're back here, though. It's <laughs> okay. Uh, it's all right. You know what? Hey, you know, it's fine. It's good to be passionate about hey, where I'm you're from. Okay? You know, it's good horse. to be passionate. Congratulations. I'm, 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 I'm happy for your success. Hey, I'm riding on my high horse. Why don't you tell us a little bit about unicorns then? Unicorns. Okay. So, you know, we all know about what unicorns. A, a great segue. <laughs> okay. We all know about unicorns from like the Disney, you know, world of like rainbows and sparkles and all that stuff. And don't get me wrong, those are probably my favorite unicorns now that I have uh, a daughter. Yeah. But um, and we also know unicorns from you know the Harry Potter world for those that are in that. But more importantly, the unicorn that we all really want to be a part of is to get the achieve to be able to achieve a billion dollar plus valuation as a startup. And we have a new one in the freight tech world. And it's very exciting. Project 44 just announced, you can read the story on FreightWaves.com. They just announced that they raised uh, or finished a Series E round totaling $202 million in funding that they raised, which gives them a valuation of $1.2 billion. I'm going to say that again. $1.2 billion. (laughs) Billion with a B. That is just absolutely massive. It's a great number. Companies like us, other yep. TMS providers, other people who are acting in this tech side of the of the freight industry, this is absolutely massive. Because what does this say? This this only confirms that now all that money that we saw on the sidelines is now getting back into the game. Things that we saw a, well over a year and a half ago, where investors were kind of leaning off of it. You had those big, uh, I guess you know those. Um, automated load boards, mm-hmm. types of service, Uber Freight kinds of companies that were getting these massive valuations and not really being able to 
you know, come forth with the value or, you know, coming from the revenue when they bought out everything. But this, this is just proving this that the big. tech side. This is big. The tech side is back, baby. And we're it's coming back. Back, back at you hard. So a lot of money probably coming in and from Goldman Sachs. Great. Yeah. No, a, a big thing. And that, that's a that's a nice one to have in your back pocket there when you have somebody like Goldman Sachs, you know, really, you know, the gold the standard, value. the gold standard. Dare we say. Oh. Right. OK. Now, um, also, it, it's interesting, too. And I think this is also a little bit encouraging that that Project 44 has actually seen a really large growth and a big portion of their business really start to expand yep. in Europe. And I don't think we've had a U.S. based tech company really be able to expand in Europe. And they've also doing a lot of business over with China as well, providing a lot of visibility over there. So we're right. seeing some good things. So that's exciting that there's, there is room for a lot of the other freight tech companies to grow and expand outside just the U.S. Um, so great things there. Uh, what else is on the horizon, though? What else we got uh, uh, that's happening in you the You know, world? we heard about uh, all these containers. You know, if, you, if you've listened to us, I mean, we've talked about it to we're blue in the face. You've, you've probably seen Henry on LinkedIn. Henry Byers, our, our maritime market expert, calling the doom and gloom, hey, of just all of these containers. Rates are super high. There is so much supply coming to the United States from places like China, really all over the place. We just see, everywhere. You know, the, our bookings report is just up and to the right. It's continuing to hit record, top, record highs. And so what, are, what do you do when you're in the logistics industry? I know when I was a broker, when I was like, ah, well, this is a difficult load. This is something that I got to get creative around. Forwarders are now getting creative. We're talking about chartering vessels, like completely renting out an entire vessel. That's Can you what I did over that? the weekend. Yeah, I mean, here Just... I am at, right on the PJ. We, got, we chartered out a plane. That's, I mean, that's kind of what we've heard of before, but I've never heard of someone wanting to charter out a vessel. vessel. So, so how much does that cost, just the charter of so the vessel? Because you can't just charter it for like a few hours. Like, you right. got, I mean, like this is something. Depending on who you, where you're coming from, you know, a lot of times we talk about China to, um, to the U.S. on the West Coast. Probably right. the fastest. Well, so let, let's just call the the minimum two weeks. So here, low it, time. Here we go. So average cost is about one hundred thirty five thousand dollars a day. One hundred thirty five thousand dollars a day. And average duration is somewhere between forty five and ninety days. Forty five and ninety days is average duration. So we'll we'll use. You know, we're all about big money here. We're talking about unicorns. So let's use the higher end. 90 days times 135,000 calculated here. I'm yep. not as smart as others if you're doing the mental math. So that's a cool $12 million. $12.15 million. I mean, we were talking days. about... That's actually, you know what? That's actually not as bad as I was expecting. Right. I would have thought worse because that's for that's for a whole quarter. So if you do that for right. a year, obviously, you're only at just under... I say only, just under $50 million, Right. Um, <laughs> you know, drop in the bucket, right? Exactly. But that, that's not bad, actually. If you think about it, yep. I mean, if you know, if you can put five thousand containers on one of those and use it, right? You know, whatever. And that's what I mean. Even when I talk to some of the some very large shippers that are in the packaging industry, talking about capacity getting taken because these sh- large shippers, other shippers that are coming into the markets and just saying, "Hey, if you can guarantee me this many TEUs, I will make it worth your while." I will, we'll do 3,000, you know, let's say 30,000 a, a container mm-hmm. here. And, and that is actually what's being happened or what's happening now is, is you're going to have to buy a ton of space in order to do it. And people are just pulling stuff forward. It's, it's now not let's prepare for the end of the year. It's like, well, holy crap. If I, I'm not going to wait another couple months until, you know, let's say August, September to try to prepare for November, December. It's now everyone's starting to pack pack in these days because it's 
It's just so expensive and there's not a lot of space. So expensive. But, you know, that, that's a good point. I think that's a great segue Whoa. Whoa. For, Whoa. for our next guest who's coming yes. on because it's all about capacity, right? Capacity moves price. Price doesn't move capacity. Right. And um, so let's just get right into it. So Justin Smith, VP of Sales for Concept Logistics, is joining us. Justin, how are you doing today? Doing very well. How are you doing? Oh, we're doing fantastic. Doing fantastic. It's a little, a little rainy out here, but we can't complain. Where are you coming from? Where are you based out of? I'm in Boise, Idaho, and it is beautiful outside. High 80s, sunny, no clouds. Oh, man. I, you know, it's funny. It's not, not in Idaho, but just a, you know, couple or a state over. Montana has been on their marketing grind. Every commercial I've seen for all the sports shows that I watch have had, you know, come visit Montana. But yeah, it looks beautiful. It is. It is. It's pretty similar to Idaho. Um, I'd say Idaho is a better place to visit, though. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. But you're in the neck of the woods of another unicorn. Uh, Trucksoft.com is, I believe, in Boise, Idaho. That's uh, a yeah. road. Yeah. I actually worked there for a few years, uh, you know, in between my first gig as a broker. And it was actually a great experience to sell to brokers. Um, gave you a whole nother perspective on on the industry. So... It's a lot of fun. That's interesting. We'll have to. I'm curious. To, we might have to dive into that after the show a little bit because I feel like brokers have this reputation of being really aggressive uh, salespeople, and you had to sell to them. So I'm curious to learn a little bit more about that. Um, for for the immediate moment, Justin, I mean, tell us a little bit about about concept logistics for those that don't know. Kind of tell us where you guys fit in the industry, what your specialty is, and I guess how you're weathering the storm, if you will. Yeah, uh, I mean, we're a 31-year-old truckload brokerage that you know did kind of followed an old-school model of logistics brokerage um, until a few years ago. Um, you know, my my partners uh, Greg Finnerty and uh, Brendan Daly's had a had a vision to grow it prior to me joining, and I was one of the pieces of their puzzle. So, um, yeah, they they were starting to look at technology and take some things further and. Uh, last year, we upgraded to a new TMS called Ty and developed our own LTL platform, um, our, own, our own LTL solution. And um, now that we're combining our single source capabilities, you know, helping customers put all their freight into one into one basket, um, we're actually delivering a much higher quality product, and uh, we're able to partner with customers in a whole other way. So. Um, on top of that, we've built quite the team. You know, our people at Concept are, are kind of our secret sauce that tie in our awesome software and our, you know, our good planning and, you know, the strategies we're, we're putting into play. But, um, yeah, we're growing our market share through through COVID. Um, funny thing is, is I think we've looked at it as an opportunity to grow because as companies are shutting down, trying to cut staff, furloughing people, Many of our shippers actually needed us more than ever. So we were very fortunate in that. No, that's that's really a, a great position to be in and something that we've heard across the board if you were kind of positioned well enough. Um, you know, that's being the the key indicator there. If you had some, you know, some shippers that you had long-term relationships with already. And and one piece of this whole puzzle that we, you know, with on the show with Sonar, we're always talking about 
how we source trucks, you know, what are the strategies around on the capacity side? Now you take a little bit of a different approach being that you are, you're, you're on the customer facing side being that, you know, you, you have to have that relationship. You have to validate some of the decisions, what's going on in the background. You're kind of, you know, the face of the entire enterprise when you're talking to your shippers. What are some of the strategies that you've taken in or that you've seen work or not work uh, going through this whole process of COVID? Good question. Um, honesty and transparency is is really what wins here because th- this market's brutal. You know, you overcommit to anything. You know, it's it's not long before you're you know you're trying you're having to explain yourself. So, um, you know, in reality, we our approach has been to be as upfront and honest with the customer. Try and be as as predictive as we can be and proactive in understanding what's coming. Um, and that's you know. Customers don't need the sugar coating right now. You know, they need they need to know the real deal, what they're looking at. You know, it's not ending soon. Um, you know, we, we hop onto a lot of customers where the first thing they're talking about is the price. Um, well, we have a different diagnosis for their problem, their price problem. And like you guys said, is it's capacity. So, you know, we help customers. We tell them the, the, the raw reality of the, the market you know, what they're facing, you know, how challenging it's going to be. And then we start aiming at developing a strategy that, you know, they, they believe in and can be part of. So. Love that, Justin. I think that that's, uh, that, that's really good stuff there. So now I, I think you're, I think you're spot on the sense to where right? a lot of folks are, are obsessed with price, right? They want to know, okay, this is where pricing is, this is what we're paying. We're paying more. Right. And you know, a lot of the transportation managers and, and directors of transportation that I've been speaking to, a lot of that obsession is because they're getting a lot of pressure from up top. And what they really need is answers to kind of explain why pricing is moving the way it is. Are you finding something similar? And if so, kind of how are you having to juggle that conversation? Yeah, that's also a great question because this is where we start using your product in a lot of uh, quarterly business reviews or when we do an analysis of our customer's business. Um, we use sonar to actually articulate the message and help them understand. Um, you know, the other thing is, is with our sales reps, we really do push them that you're, you're right. The shipper reps or the shipping managers are the ones that are getting a lot of pressure from the top. That's why exactly why we want to be talking to the top. You know, uh, we also aren't, aren't helping ourselves out if we are, you know, speaking high-end calculus to a shipping manager and say, go tell your CEO what we just told you. So we present them, we'll do a full-on, you know, business review with them with slide decks. And when we give that to the shipping manager to help that shipping manager explain why pricing is up and how it could have been worse. Um, you know, then we actually ask and, and offer to hop on with their CEO. You know, let's get on a call. Let's help make sure that they understand this so that, you know, you're not constantly getting this pressure. Um, unfortunately, the pressure that comes down from the top forces some shipping managers to make bad decisions. So um, we try to help help them articulate the message to the highest levels of the company. And, you know, it helps that we kind of speak their language. Oh yeah, that hammer comes down real hard from the top, and and we Luke and I get to work a, a lot with uh, shippers these days be, just because of, of of that overview right there, which is everyone wants a little bit more transparency. We're just trying to keep everyone honest, and even when we had Greg on a couple weeks ago, that seems to be really the culture that you guys are providing is is this is the 
uh, transparency we're trying to provide. We've been in this industry 30 years, been in this market up in that Buffalo region, you know, so, so long that we really understand it and that the tender data allows you to really convey that message that you used to just have as a one-off conversation. And, and so with these QBRs, what are some of the first, you know, things that you go to, to, to start building that deck you talked about? Yeah. Um, one of the first ones that Greg built, I mean, Greg's really the, the genius behind the, the graphs that we looked at um, and that I shared. So uh, we built them based on Buffalo because that's the market we know. And we, we analyzed the tender volumes and the tender rejections to help them understand that there's higher paying freight in the market that these carriers are tempted to chase. So, you know, yes, we are having to pay these carriers an extra 300 bucks to keep a good carrier on your lane and to keep them from chasing higher paying freight. Um, but once they start to realize that capacity is tight, you know, a lot of freight's getting rejected. There's more volume in the market than we've ever seen. Um, I then, you know, take it to something they can understand and, and show them how many loads are posted compared to how many trucks are posted in their market. Um, right now, that makes it an easy discussion because oftentimes there's 900 loads and 112 carriers to move it, you know, to move the, that, you know, that volume. But one of the, once they kind of start to grasp that concept that there's eight, eight loads to every one truck, we then take a look at the tender lead time in their market. So sometimes we're talking to a customer that gives us a load two days in advance, and normally that sounds fine. However, if the uh, average tender lead time in their market's three and a half days, we overlay the fact that there's 800 loads and 112 trucks, and your average shipper in your market is beating you to those carriers by a day and a half. So, you know, they're beating you to the punch. and. Uh, we also will take it a step further and quantify the difference that they would pay or that they could potentially pay if they planned four days in advance on their lead time. Um, because once you look at a customer's volume, say you can save them 200 bucks on a hundred loads a month, 20 grand a month, I mean, 240,000 a year. Is that enough to move the needle on production to get ahead of, you know, of the ship dates? I mean, are we talking about it's going to take two people on the production line to get ahead of production so they can give us four days lead time? Well, that's a whole lot less than $240,000 they pay an extra for just not planning ahead and letting the, the other shippers in their market beat into the market. Spot on, Justin. I love that. Let's go ahead and throw some visuals up for folks to see to kind of explain exactly what Justin's talking about here. Um, yeah, so what you've got here, and, and Justin, I'll let you fill in the gaps here because I know, you know you're really familiar with uh, Buffalo, but essentially the map here on the left, or the, excuse me, not the map, the chart on the left, blue line is the outbound tender rejection index out of Buffalo for drive-in, and the green line is the inbound for, for drive-in. So looks like um, over the last few days, couple of weeks, uh, green line definitely took a big jump up. So inbound tender rejections are going up, uh, I guess implying carriers want a premium. And uh, Looks like we saw tender rejections on the outbound side, that blue line down around 17%, but it bumped up to around 22% recently. So definitely down quite a bit from their high right around the start of the year, but still quite a bit elevated from where we were this time last year in the bottom left corner. And to your point, right, lead time, those middle table columns there, we can see local lead time on the inbound side is three and a half days. 
uh, long haul, about two and a quarter days. So essentially what you're saying, Justin, if your shippers are giving you as much notice or less than what these numbers these days are showing, right here in that middle, middle column, they're competing for the same capacity as everybody else or potentially less than everybody else. And they're shooting themselves in the foot, right? That's that's exactly right. Um, you know, it's it's funny on that on the left graph. Um, this kind of when we look at this, it's funny. I've shown this recently to a couple clients that when they see that there's this initial false sense of hey, it's loosening a little bit, but that's actually in a very narrow snapshot. If you zoom out of that and and you realize that that's actually a much bigger. Um, you know, that even though it's dipped down into the 20s from 29, that's still a very tough market. So, um, right. And then you had back in early May of last year, we were around 2%. So you're still t more than 10 times yeah. elevated above that amount. When you talk percentages, like we talk about this with like our predictive rates and you're like, how are rates supposed to fall 30%? And it's like, well, they're up 150% from last year. Right. So falling 30% <laughs> is actually not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. So just yeah. in, in, that's, insane there. That's spot on. And and we actually were just recently talking with a customer that typically gives us same day or next day orders. So we're talking about 24-hour lead time max on the long, uh, long haul outbound tender. So we were able to show them that the average shipper in their market is tendering the loads two and a quarter days in advance of you know when it's ready. So... You know, that's a whole day and a quarter, you know, a whole day lost with carriers on the board that could be taking your load that don't even see your load that are taking other freight. So, um, you know, working on strategies with the customer to increase their lead time is is one of the approaches to logistics that just not not most brokers. Most brokers are going to let the patient come in and say, I, I've got a price problem, fix my price problem. And they'll go out and they'll do their thing, quote, and come try to come back with a better price. You know, just like doctors don't necessarily let their patients self-diagnose, I don't think we should either. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, and to that example, if they're giving you 24 hours notice, right, This tender, these tender rejection numbers here are based on if those folks are giving you about two and a half days notice. So Right. Tender rejections with a day's notice is probably quite a bit higher than that. Those the twenty-two or twenty-three percent number we just saw. And and many times, tender rejections is really a reaction from the carriers of supply and demand. So it's the reaction um, of what's actually happening. You know, to what you brought up, is there a lot of loads in the market? Is there not a lot of loads in the market? It's how we kind of look at our our head haul index, saying like how many how much freight is entering that market versus how much freight is leaving that market, and and seeing that a lot of times you see when you know, when when demand just diminishes past supply, all of a sudden I saw a very big softening instantly. And and it, it really makes sense when you when you throw it up just the way you had described it there, Justin. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's why you, you create this stickiness. And, and so with that, it, it, have you noticed that within, I guess, of recently that you provide these QBRs, you go into deep detail that you feel stickier, you're, you're actually getting deeper into that business? Oh, totally. Um, you know, whether it's at the beginning of a customer relationship and the discovery calls, the fact that we aren't there to just get a credit app and start quoting on their freight, that's not what we're really trying to do. So a lot of the customers that hop on to discovery calls, 
I, I frequently hear, uh, well, we, we don't normally take a lot of these calls, but you guys are doing it differently. And then we come to that table with actionable information, with data to back up. You know, all of a sudden we're diagnosing problems that people have been just letting themselves diagnose their price problem. Um, and then with the customers, just seeing, you know, it's a tough thing when the CEO says, hey, rates are up 13% this year. Why? You know, it's a tough, that's a tough uh, question to answer as a shipping manager. But if you're armed with information showing that it could have been up 38% on the year if you didn't have dedicated carriers with capacity built in the lanes you need, then, you know, that's a lot easier discussion to have. So we're, we're getting a lot stickier with the customers and our clients are actually looking for ways to do more with us because they'd like the same level of clarity they have on the freight we move for them on their entire supply chain. So um, it's nice to kind of, you know, under promise over deliver in, in a lot of these scenarios. And we're, we're trying to take the approach of giving them something they don't know they need yet. You know, they, they aren't asking for the QBRs. We're actually asking them to hop on so we can show them and get ahead of it before they're upset and wondering why are we paying so much? So yeah, it's, it's, it's made us pretty sticky. That's great, Justin. Love the feedback. I know we're, we're getting close here towards the end of time, um, but uh, pleasure speaking with you. If folks want to get in touch with you or learn more about uh, uh, Concept Logistics, what's the best way to do that? Um, you know, our website is actually about to go under construction. Uh, we're, we're about to revamp some of that stuff, but, uh, you know, sales at conceptintl.com is a good way to reach our, our sales team. Uh, myself, Jay Smith at Concept INTL. Um, you know, the last half of this year is going to be aimed at getting our website, you know, really revamped and really pushing on social. Um, so, yeah, that'd be the best way to reach us. Fantastic. Justin, thanks so much for coming on. I'm sure we'll have you guys on again. Uh, pleasure. And and are you coming to, uh, you're, you're planning on coming to the F3 event, the Freightways event in November in Chattanooga, right? That That is the plan. Uh, I spoke about that with Greg and Brendan, and it's definitely something we're we're planning for. So look right. forward to seeing you guys at the live event. Well, fingers crossed the plan allows. Justin, thanks so much again, and uh, have a great rest of your day. Thank you, guys. Cheers. I mean, we bring stud after stud on. It's like, I, I feel like know, the same thing. I don't thing. know why we're here anymore. <laughs> like, I really don't. We can probably, well, I mean. Yeah, rock no. stars like that. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, you know, great. But, um, uh, Anyways, we've got a lot of good things. And also, thank you to Kevin Hill. Right. He's, he's, you know, if you don't know who Kevin Hill is here, okay, well, first off, you should. If, you know, you watch some of the uh, shows here, you know, he's put a big that, coffee, put that down. coffee down guy, right? But anyways, he's the man behind getting a lot of the guests here on the shows with us, especially for us. So yep. big shout out there. Um, now, on to probably the most important part of the show, um, for sure the most informative, my uh, favorite part. Yeah, my favorite part. <laughs> yeah. Hands down. Sorry you meant we didn't have it last week. Yeah, sorry right. we didn't have it last it's week. But all, we got new TikTok reactions. It's all the people in our ear that it's probably Cody, honestly. Yeah, probably Cody. Yeah. Honestly. Anyway, but, we got TikTok reactions here and they're spooky edition, I hear. It's whoa. not Halloween, but hey, you know, everything comes early. So uh um I guess we've got the first one coming. Let's give it a whirl. Okay, here we are. Um, not sure what sell your house, about. get out, and I would never live there again. So what I'm assuming is that this is a, someone just had like a camera set up. They're not even home. And this happened when they're away. And you can hear it too, though. Nope, 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 nope. 
that is a uh, sell your house for sure. Would you? So here's the question: You're a man that likes to, uh, you know, you love your assets. You you hold on to something. You know, yep. if that happened in your house, how fast would you sell that thing? What house? Exactly. Let's get get this next one. Sage. Demon be gone. This person's taking it serious. I know. Demon dog. I'm not afraid, man. Dude, the little dots threw me off. Come on out, man. Dude, props to this guy. He's going after it. Whatever he's going Dude, after. And in a basement. Not. With just a little whatever that is. Imagine the door. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Locked out. See? Uh-uh. Uh, nope, nope, nope. Uh-huh. Sell your house. Hide your kids. Bro, hide your I ain't wife. going down there. Anyways, I think that's all we have time for today, folks. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having uh, another great episode of Wiz Turner. We'll see you next week live. Uh, same time for our, for our new show. Anyways, take care, everybody.